Welcome back to Rising Giants. The following is a conversation with Sajeda Bun, the Chief Operating Officer of 18 Communication, an influencer marketing agency in Cambodia. On this week's episode, we discuss her journey as a digital marketer and many of the leading firms that she's worked for throughout her career and some of those lessons learned along the way. We also explore the influencer marketing industry and what it means to interface with influencers from a marketing perspective. We're also able to touch on the campaign Beyond the Games and Sacheda's role in that. We really hope you enjoyed tuning in. Could you talk, talk to us a little bit about like your early journey on, you know, how did you get interested in the in the marketing space and and kind of how you that all that journey kicked off? So I was born in love with camera. <laughs> I remember I cried for camera since high school. It's like, <laughs> I love it so much. And my, my parents would give me one camera and I'd be a photographer of the school. That, that would be passions and everything about art. I'm so in love with it, but never thought to be an artist. Just work around that until a moment that I being friends with a friend named Darong. He's director and still right now he's really good director in the market. So that that was in the day that he brought me to a project and he just asked me, can you find location? Can you find sponsors? Can you find this? And then I just help him as a friend and out of nowhere, my name is stayed on his film and saying producer. I was like, oh, really? me but you sir oh I didn't do that I didn't know that <laughs> yeah and the film take off with Sai Sai was the main character and the project it's called uh, February Wind it was passionate project and it's fly out it's even gains award it got awards from one and another so I'm like oh I'm in this now then starting from there I, I be around director I be around in art, in the creative industry, and also converted half business, so it's called marketing for me. Uh-huh. So like half, half, and then it's called marketing. <laughs> yeah. And so from uh, from a, you had the experience as a producer working in film and then marketing side as well. Did you have any, at any moment, did you think that you wanted to work more on the film side of being a director or, or being an actress or something along something along in between those lines this question is not in the prep <laughs> uh i don't know i was once around a company for tvc productions it was my the the one that you named it red cape was the register company i i was trying to emerge between business and creative size and film productions and so on but it was it was hard. It was harder than ever imagined. I definitely confess that I can't be pure director because my art side is not there yet, just like others. But I would really love to be a part of art and films industry as much as I can. But to delegate it in that, not sure yet. I'm still scared mm-hmm. <laughs> of my capability and creative size and how the business can go and earn money. Obviously, business people, we talk profit. So it still depends on so many factors to pursue that career. Yeah. It's interesting too, because you talk about the creative side, right? And making money. And of course, you know, being the the uh, CEO of, of uh, CEO, correct, of, uh, of 18, 
you know, you have a lot of this like business mindset, which is super important. But hey, on the creative side, like a lot of people maybe go into it without the intention of making money. Maybe it's more about just being able to freely express yourself and, and do that. So once you make all the money in the world that, you know, all the things you'll be successful with in the future, then maybe can go towards the, the creative side. So that's interesting. And so could you talk to us a little bit about your early journey and how you got it started into advertising? be really really great to kind of kick off that that part of your story so the story gonna feels like i'm being in multiple passions <laughs> type of thing so but the major interest for me is technology and creative so i start my journey as very addicted with everything about technology as a little girl but cannot make it to a coding school so <laughs> parents not allowed that so then i try my ways to learn about everything about social media since the early age so i'm so into digital marketing so when facebook first introduced i was doing freelance to just let every coffee shop have a page i would go around taking picture and post it and convince the owner, say that if you do that, more customers will know about you. So that was the very early, it was in even university time that I, I do freelance just to get a few cents. And money was not important that time. The important is that I want to experiment. If you post a photos, you write captions in Facebook, will that shop more customer? If we back to say around 10 years earlier than today, I was trying to convince everyone around me that social media would bring sales. So I do that was my first journey that leads me to so many industries. So when I first started, I just do it for coffee shop, understand F&B, understand the menu. But then it leads to certain business in hospitality and transportations depend on the clients that I got from network. So then it's grow and grow and grow. And people start to see me as like digital marketing girl walking around. Yeah. The early stage in that time when you were doing the digital marketing for, for these uh, coffee businesses, were a lot of them focused on making money? Was it, were they focused on getting their product out to the larger market? Or was that really even a thought in their mind? Were they just happy that someone was coming to help promote their business? So that, I'm every business is being traditional. When sales down or sales go up, they didn't think that it's from digital. It's, it's just from maybe my location is right, my menu is right, my promotion is right. That that's the the only thing that they would think of. So social media that time was like a bonus. It just make them feel good that their page have photos. That's it. It's very low expectations. So to all the clients that believe in me, that time even pay me a hundred dollars. Still happy for them that they take the initiative of believing in social media back in ten years ago. So yeah, just just go on and on that way. Yeah, it's it's so interesting because it goes back to the beginning of our conversation of, you know, going and, and actually expressing that creative side that you had, that you were you wanted to experiment and try. And a lot of those early successes and failures helped mold a lot of the direction that probably you decided to go into. And so at an early age, being able to have that experimentation of of, of different strategies or ways that you could try to promote a product, I'm sure helped build that foundation for you in, in your next steps in your career. Would you, would you say that was the case? 
certain directions that first it's digital, then it's going to marketing, understand broader of what under marketing, and then go to film industry for a while, a few years to understand productions. Then it just, for me, it's like a 360 experience. And recently in hybrid advertising, I have joined a project about like concert and so on. So then I start to learn how important is the ground activity that form together become a circle of 360 marketing and why brands should not just focus on one. So I myself try to delegate it myself to do it at least once to understand how things work. So that invoked me from time to time to many other things <laughs> beyond. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, what would you say are some of the most like formative, like early experiences in your career that kind of have made you into the, the person you are today? I guess if we talk about where I learned the most, I still give the high credit to Chipmunk Group, the parent company of Khmer Beverages. So in, in there, I have a chance that I can spend the most money. <laughs> so in marketing, if you don't have money to spend, <laughs> quite hard, quite hard to even experience in each theory of marketing, right? So in, in Khmer Beverages, working on products like Cambodia beers and so on, it's the industry that require quite competitive marketing activity. So that's moments I, I have demonstrate ideas and stuff and the bosses there just approve it with their own risk. <laughs> they are like, okay, I don't understand it, but I'll, I'll give it a try. So I love that sentence that I received from the top management of the company and give me a chance to do something that I'm not even sure it work. And it's most importantly, it's not even my money. It's their money and they approve it. Okay, nice. So I learned a lot. And because the company side, it's, they work with international and local. So then I, I always came to learn in every co collaborations. I... I try, I try to translate it. So as an example, if I do a brief international agency come and pitch it, I try to observe, say, how can this is called a standard of their country they represent? So if the agency come from Thailand, I was trying to observe beyond the get the project done. I want to see, oh, this is Thai standard. Oh, this is Vietnamese standard. Oh, this is Singaporean standard. Oh, nice. Something like that. So get the chance to set it as like a goal. I, if one day I can improve the local market to a certain standard, this is the case study to learn, to learn from all of those people. So back to the experience working in Khmer Beverages was give me a bridge of knowledge and experience to see the world broader than as the local. And also the budgets that they provide was giving me opportunity to experiment some things that we need money to get it done. <laughs> yeah. And uh, would you still say that like the beverage industry is still like the number one player for engaging influencers in a, in a commercial way? Or are there other new industries that are like making, making an impact on influencers, like influences, the influencer economy, like people being paid? Well, I need to declare that whatever I'm going to say is based on observation only. It's not the actual data. So it might be not correct in a certain way. So back to the question is that beverage, to be exact, is beer. Beer spend more than water, of course. 
So in beer industry, there's a lot of budget, but compared to the budget go to in influencer, not really. It's very depends on the certain category like cosmetic. It's also associate a lot with influencer because they need the testimonial. They need beautiful people to endorse the product. So we we can see that they spend a lot in influencer and. So it's it's a variety. It very depends. But at industry to look into, it also could be just cosmetic, in mm. term of influencer marketing. Okay, and I think I think in some other conversations you're also talking about like this this new impact of of brands in the region also coming in. So like in Thailand or Vietnam, Singapore, etc. So what is that like interfacing with those kinds of regional brands versus dealing with a local brand here in Cambodia? Mm. Well, it's just way of working are different. It's they they bring the culture of of way of working from their country, and what work in their country as well. So if we work with the clients from Thailand, they have the case study from Thailand industry saying, oh, if we do a certain things, it's most likely succeed. So they want us to try the same things here in case it succeed. So yeah, they they bring that over and. Their way of working, they bring the standard over as well. And but for in the local, we know the best of our own country, our own market. Even the brand owner, they know what to spend. They they know that if I spend this, I get that. Realistically, but the international might be not that realistic. But they bring the dream to Cambodia. So each of them have their own unique. And strategy depends on the person. Does it depend on the brand objective? Yeah. Maybe, maybe for the audience, maybe just like taking a bit of a step back. Like, could you maybe paint like the the history of what it's been like to be a digital influencer here in Cambodia, and like at what point would you say people really started to see it as a as an option for like a career and a way to make money? When do you think that kind of when do you think that kind of that moment was? And and maybe today, how could you how could you say like how many, like versus, let's say five, ten years ago, how many, how many influencers are there today that make a very good living for what they do, or make a good living, like enough to support their life? I guess I remember there was a times that there is a career fair at university, and there is influencer on the stage doing sharing how it's life to be a YouTuber and so on. And I remember so clear that people raise their hand and say they want to be a YouTuber. <laughs> I guess it's like in the past five years, like three years ago, something that happens back on the day. It's like it happens in three years of five year time backward. Mm-hmm. I I see that coming, and obviously with even TikTok is growing. That it's so easy to create content right now. We don't need high-end quality camera anymore. We also don't even need more creativity for a long formats video anymore. We only need like 20 seconds. So it's accessible and easier for anyone to become influencer. But to talk, to answer to what the money that they earn, I declare that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that it's that amount is count as comfortable that can make a living. It we could treat it as like same as other job. If you don't do the job, you lose the income. 
it's easy as that. And also, an influencer, the word influencer does mean a lot. Some people, they use the platform to express their idea for a certain cause. So income for them, it might not important. And their content cannot just get sponsored every content because they want to keep or originality of the content. But some people, they, they try to make themselves famous so then they can put the product endorsement. We also cannot judge that. So there's many different character of the influencer out there. So to have the clear definition and the clear goal that, okay, you must hit a certain way and then you will get paid this much, I don't think there's a standard yet. What would you say in 2023 are like the key trends that are impacting digital influencers? First of all, we start to have senior influencer right now, if we, we count it. So five years ago, some people was doing content and today they become a senior and they become mega influencer. And then at the same time, we have TikToks people growing up. So let's call them junior if I would put the name, right? So the senior influencer right now already come to play earning from the platform is also product placements. So the new trend for them is to utilize their influence to, to navigate certain pos- positivity in society that we start to see a lot. So some people that would do beauty contents also have one in a while have contents talk about motivations. They would do positive content like, oh, I start the journey with this small and then now I at this stage, I motivate you guys to do this, to do that. So so they are now trying to use their platform for positive contents. Mm-hmm. Those positive contents is sincere at the same time also contribute to a character development mm-hmm. that people need to see those senior influencers as they not only use the platform for, for business or for personal interest, but they also interest in society. So um, as the real experience of this, we surprisingly got engagement from over 100 KOL like influencer recently in the biggest campaign of the country, Beyond the Games. Mm-hmm. In that Beyond the Games campaign, we received many of the support, right, in different platforms and different format. So example, if some people as a podcast host, they would do podcast host that's somehow related to the spirit of the country. And then some people are fun, but how they contribute to the cause, they can make contents in a fun way, playing games, but contribute to the cause. So all of them, when we talk to them, like why you do what you do, they said they want to be seen and also share to their audience, their loyal fans, to navigate them to do good things for society. So we can see that right now they start to utilize their popularity for something good. And then the second, it would be the quality of the contents. So as you can see, 20 seconds make you famous on TikTok by you just following certain trend music. So if it's that overloaded, what's going to happen? So in order to compete in this market, some other senior influencers start to improve their quality of contents to not just fun, it's beyond fun. So what could be beyond fun? It could be show, it could be certain meaningful contents that to differentiate between 20-second dance and the actual creative contents. So that is start happening right now. But in the reverse that, to a perception where you don't need to have a professional camera. Let's see, that's two opposite things is happening. 
but it's a good thing because it makes the industry boom. Yeah. That's super interesting. The that last part there because when you say it's going back in reverse, it's it feels like it's this less like constructed view and it's more of a natural, like warm natural of how people are creating content and mm-hmm. and it's fascinating to like you were saying it's like this whole 360 back to where it all began. Yeah. So I think that's fascinating to see that that's that's happening now. Also, it would be great to talk a little bit about the Beyond the Games campaign. Could you frame a little bit about what that campaign was about? So I think I didn't introduce on behalf of uh, Beyond the Games. So I was the, one of the core team <laughs> back then. So uh, Beyond the Game was the campaign that created to utilize Sea Games to uh, promote the country. So. The, the idea was so simple to just utilize this one of the history moments to gather everyone in Cambodia to be at the same page that we call it Habit in Sync. So whatever you do, you as a teacher, you as a businessman, you are a celebrity, we all look into one direction together and we feel it together. So then we utilize this opportunity of having international guests arrive in Cambodia for the SEA Games, but reverse it to, to get the nation to be together. So that's where we try to engage all sector as possible. We, we get support from the corporate, we, corporate, we get it from even small business, and also the influencer as the, the navigate of the new generations, the present the new generation young people. So that's how it go for the past one year, actually. Beyond the Game was started say, almost, like I think it's one year this month from the planning stage. Yeah, and it's, it's even though Sea Game is over right now, Beyond the Game still Beyond the Games. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that is a campaign. And I'm happy to see every influencer contributions we just do a wrap up last week and everyone are happy with what we have done and they thanks for the opportunity. They see that it's a stage for them to express in the certain angle that they never thought they would. Yeah. yeah. And what do you feel like will be some of the things that will continue even beyond the games? What kind of trends or do you feel like this kind of content, especially among influencers, will continue over the next you know coming years and how do you think that will change the market? But the most impacts that Beyond the Game left to the market and to everyone in in this country is being positive and united. So they right now at least knowing the love language. So we do this as love language. So every time that right now if there's something happens they want to express from the far they would do this to to the audience or they do do this to their idol so it's a communication it's a love communication at least we establish that so i hope that every people who get involved and witness the campaign would continue spreading love and be kind to one another after this so every activity and intention after this would would be always beyond the game. So it's it's limit unlimited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, so that that's like one of your great the things you made mostly been working on this year. Could you talk a little bit about what you see as some of the what do you think will be some of the future trends like coming to the market for for digital influencers? 
the future trends. Okay, so for now, the word digital influencer it mean a lot for the brand when they select representative they would see two in them so it's like brand positioning if the person is positioned in a certain level in terms of their popularity and their seniority but in another always have one more point is engagement on their social so it's shaking the market to even the senior celebrity in the previous years like before like they, they need to always have the page and they always need to have contents to engage. And then there's an influencer where they, they rise only on social media. So this is uh, emerging right now. So even the celebrity on TV need to have active content like social media, youngster. So they, they are right now emerging because brand need to decide based on that two factor. But obviously the weight of the decisions, which point they should pick most, it's very depends on the objective of the campaign and the brand. But that would give everyone need to work hard in another angle that they don't have. So the social media influencer that have a lot of engagement need to increase their brand positioning so then they can get a big project, big brand. But then the celebrity who nation the whole nation know but no engagement needs to improve on their social media engagement so that is gonna emerge and uh, become one of the standard in the near future that yeah that is very interesting point some some of these like offline almost offline celebrities that are now needing to needing to come on and and build a a strong online a social media presence just to follow up on that do you think there are any particular social medias that um that are becoming more important as the years go on? Like, you know, maybe before Facebook was very important and now maybe TikTok is more important. So just curious, or maybe it's threads or other things like this. So I'm just just curious how you see some of the platforms competing in Cambodia. Yeah, so i answer from the audience point of view only, not the technical side. So when we do analyze a proposal of one character, one influencer, we need all of them actually because it's back to the objective of the client again. If they only want the engagement rich, they don't need anything else, then TikTok is one of the way. So it's easy to just get millions of followers from many accounts to propose to them. But if, if the brand it's like needs premium look, they would go into Instagram photos. If they need to explain, they would go to Facebook video. So as the influencer, you need to be active in all of it. But obviously, you need to be known as famous in which platform. So then it's easier for the brand to work with you. But does the, it doesn't mean you only be a king and queen on that platform only. You need to have all the social media active. Yes, so that would be, uh, I can't say which one going to be better, but just do it all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's actually, in our experience, we... We started off just fully focused on Instagram because we felt it was like the most international social media for what we were trying to do and get a, a large, we'd say, sort of premium audience for people wanting to listen to the content. But we've also been really impressed by the amount of engagement that you can get on on TikTok these days and and the growth of those that platform. So, yeah, that's great. 
Yeah. And I guess like another follow up to that too, it's and how you explained it is the brands recognize those specific part or those specific um, channels in which you can reach your audience by by looking at Facebook and that's more informative by Instagram for premium content for TikTok for as you had mentioned with more of and correct me if I'm wrong, it's it's with TikTok, it's more of like uh, staying with the trends. Is that correct? So brands will recognize that they'll have to choose the influencer who has maybe a, if they want or trying to get across informative content, they'll choose an influencer that has a large following on Facebook. And so then they'll, they'll say, well, because you have a large following on Facebook, then we'll go for this more informative content that we're trying to get across. Is that how, is that how you're, is that how you mean? Wow. Wow. Yeah, I feel like we've we've seen that before with some some of the more local celebrities too. Just thinking about how, uh, like, in terms of just seeing videos of like informative content that they put on, especially on Facebook, and yeah, it's fascinating to to learn about. Um, and so, do you think when uh, do you think that there's a specific cri- like criteria or profile that you look for in a influencer? And if not, then it's it's really just more of a metrics that you're looking at, or how does that work? Everyone have their own talents. It's it's seriously back into what they're good at, and they need to stay consistent in that because we are promising with the clients. <laughs> so in in here we are talking two point: passions, emotions, and the the work that we deal commercially. Mm-hmm. It's again creativity or the money. So right uh, from the agency, we represent the commercial deal. So uh, in order to to work with the influencer, we just need to know what they are good at, and we encourage them to improve on what they love. So because when they love it, the content looks so nice, and transfer the feelings to their fan, and we want that quality in the contents that. The fan not just seeing it, but not feeling it, because the product when they they engage with the influencer, they want their fan. So so that that type of things. But we do work with variety of the influencer. We work with from nano to mega. So anything anything works. Yeah. Yeah. Just just quick follow up on that. How do you define a nano influencer? Uh, nano, it's like just born. <laughs> it just few thousand followers across all the platform. Mm-hmm. So maybe they only have a few thousand on Instagram. We also can count them as nano, but it's just in Instagram category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And TikTok, just few thousand. It's on TikTok. We count it as well. Do you ever have an oppor- do you ever run into the situation where you you work with a client and they may have a specific influencer in mind and you approach that specific influencer and they say that they don't want to work with that brand. Just from experience of friends that are, who some friends that are influencers, like whether it's a nano or, or, or larger, there have been some discussions where they, they told me that, that they, they have a specific brand as an individual that they want to follow. And so they've been approached by multiple other brands and they've, they've actually turned away regardless of the money. They're more of, we, I want to stay true to whether it's more focused on health and fitness may not have like a, a food brand that I would want to work with if that is the case. So I'm just curious to hear if that's if that's something that you've run into before or if that's fairly common in, in the Cambodian market. 
it's a respect to each individual decisions and prefer. We also don't want to just turn them, force them to turn their head as well. So we have, we have those cases. And we noted that it's like, okay, this person only work for a certain product. This person has certain requirement. So there's, there's influencer that uh, work in accepting cosmetic product, but they need to get the product a week or two weeks before to, to say yes or no because they need to test the product first. Mm. They value the belief of their audience. So they need to test it and confirm that they would be one of the user mm. before they accept it. So we have that. We know each individual that have the criteria and we work accordingly. We let the client know that this is the criteria. If the client can wait or not, it depends on the, on the client's decision. But however, we would encourage to wait because which means this influencer is legit. They, 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 they have this, it's good. Mm -hmm. So their content would be natural as well. It's it's really it's funny that the reason that comes to mind too is outside of just like personal experience with friends there. But uh, we we are, we just recently had Sopeik Chang on from Marine Taught, and he was describing to us about how he on the podcast how he will always give a fair assessment and fair review regardless of what the what the brand sends. And so his his focus is mostly around like camera and camera equipment, and so you know around Nikon and these kind of other brands too. And so will always give an honest review about it after using it first. And it makes me wonder that when you are at, at a certain level of influencer, if it, if you, where do you draw the line of, you know, I just kind of want to do the money, get the money and I'll just, I'll, I'll say what the client wants me to say versus, you know, this honest review for, for your fan base that has followed you for X amount of time and trust you. So it's, I feel like that could be a delicate line that, that not only as an influence, but also as like a in you know an agency that that works that kind of like is the the mediary between the, the client and the influencer to like try and create a you know a net positive relationship versus like you know false information I guess in that sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Just uh, just kind of like I guess jumping into the we we've been going for about forty minutes now. So jumping into the. Uh, the last part of the podcast where we where we talk about um, kind of more your interpersonal and like the habits and advice and stuff. So um, I think you touched on this earlier, but um, what what has been your biggest inspiration or role model in your life so far? It's good changing from time to time. <laughs> Quite not loyal. So <laughs> yeah. So for for now, I always look up to someone. When I say it, please don't think it's mainstream. It's basically Michelle Obama, <laughs> in a sense. I always a big fan of women's power type of thing. So yeah, I, uh, I follow her everything. So I, I watch and I read the books, the comings and the new books as well. So that that's always a case, but I quite idolize many of the strong women in the world, even Taylor Swift. <laughs> And all so even the new film just now, Barbie, it's also one of the favorite. Yeah. So it's like everything related to women empowerment and women powers, it's it's yeah. <laughs> Maybe just just to like kind of follow up on that. What is what is it like being a 
would you say it's like being a, a woman entrepreneur in Cambodia? Is there still, would you say there's still any stigma around that? Or what would you, like, what is it, what is it like kind of being in the position you're in from like understanding that from a gender perspective? It's hard. It's hard. But back to the culture and society of inequality, it's improved already. It's already improved. I, I don't have complaint about that. But there's just somehow example in film industry, female uh, worker or uh, people in the films, it's always faced a situation where we shoot until late night or even like early morning, like 2, 3 a.m. So I often see uh, the girls need to go home and I would feel insecure for that. And even myself, when I was a producer, it's needs to deal with that issue, that the guy would feel that it's easier for them to do the job. So just that part. And as the business person, we need to do a lot of meeting. We need to get into certain rooms of meetings, and we need to act strong somehow. But emotionally, we're not sure, but we need to be strong and, and so on. But I believe the men also have that problem somehow it's just different angle so i cannot just pull all the attention to to the woman saying that women face it alone no the guys face it too so in in general in life and entrepreneurship we both have difficulty so it's hard in general but we doing we we make it and it's fine great and another kind of question we like to ask a lot of the guests is you know, what are some of the habits that you have on a daily or weekly basis that kind of keep you keep you on your mission and, uh, you know, you keep up your productivity day by day? Okay, if any of my friends hear this, they got the answer right away. Because <laughs> I quite being known for runaway. <laughs> so, so first of all, I wake up so early. Uh, I wake up even like 4 a.m., doing CrossFit before. So I need to get up early as early as possible to important days. If I have meeting, important meeting, I would even get up earlier. That sunrise is sign of success for me. <laughs> I need to get the sunrise. And I always have one day off, Saturdays. On the Saturday, I don't accept meeting, uh, only if it's very, very, very important. So it need to have day off. Everyone need a break. Even those we need to run seven days a week, but potentially we would break. So give it a break first before you break yourself. And I often go up to the mountains, the deep forest. So where where the people not reached there yet. So meaning that it's just my group if I go. Don't have other people. And people always ask me why I do that. If they're dangerous, what if you meet tire and snake, what you're going to do and so on. And that is the biggest exercise for me to always feel like I'm dying anytime. Mm. For real, that's mm. my answer. It's like, if something happens, just let it be. It's time. <laughs> so then that mentality, when I back to the city, anything is possible. Mm. Anything we it anything is easier than go up to the mountains. It's less dangerous than go up to the mountains. So I put it as a benchmark. So I do this, you won't die. Just go to that mountain, I suppose to die. It's not. So this work, it's small task. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
curious, you just mentioned about tigers. How many how many tigers are there still left in Cambodia? Are they they still around? I don't know. I mm-hmm. never met once okay. yet. <laughs> and I don't think I wish for. <laughs> That's great. And are you also mentioning about well, we did also mention about your your role models, but um what are some of the books or podcasts or um people that you've I mean you mentioned Michelle Obama, but are there any other kind of resources that you that you go to, whether it be for entrepreneurship or et cetera? Just just any any kind of really important resources that you've gone back to. Yeah. Okay. So to confess that I'm not really a book person. I'm more into like watching. Mm. So Netflix is my best friend and I watch every documentary in the category. <laughs> so that's where I learned in the shortcut way. I believe that the documentary production crew already do a lot of research. So I every free time I watch a lot of them. And when I I cleaning my house, I watch listen to Jay Shady podcast in different angle or perspective of their his guests. So yeah, it's keep me on going. But at the same time, documentary and the podcast would improve the knowledge side. But however, I give a big value toward the mental side. So um, I would uh, listen to uh, any channels that mention about self-love, mental uh, meditations, and in my listen to like snap tour, you know, say the <laughs> like Lukuku's uh, type of type of things. I guess the audience already start laughing listen to it to this <laughs> but yeah i need to man like balance between increasing knowledge in the technical ways and enlightenments in mental way yeah yeah the the importance of mental health i feel like do you feel like in um, in cambodian culture it's been like a recent phenomenon that this focus of like work and maintaining like a work life balance or maintaining this like strong mental health has been a recent phenomenon or do you think that it's it's kind of always been going on but it's never discussed in public setting if we talk about this case you would see there's increase in term of discussion already i already happy with that there's a lot of contents there's a lot of stage that would talk about mental health but if we talk about in general i believe that everyone is dealing with a lot of depression deep inside because of the pressure from the standard of society and also from the technology that we are dealing with the content that we consume every day so everyone have a little depression in everyone so <laughs> and the stress level it's quite high even from the traffic itself not to mention the work so uh, everyone have the issue a little bit inside and some people just have stronger than others the case but i hope that everyone still manage time to be with themselves check in with themselves and ask for help if they need to yeah. yeah absolutely and our traditional closing question that we like to ask each of our guests is what's the greatest piece of advice that you've ever been given uh my mom i remember so clear and i it always come whenever a problem happens is my mom said If the problem doesn't cost you life, nothing you can solve. No, again, if if it doesn't cost your life, nothing you cannot solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So the problem come I evaluate like my mom, is this cost me life not? Okay. That 
solution coming, solution coming. <laughs> Great. Well, we want to thank you again for taking the time to come on to Rising Giants with us today. It was really, really interesting to learn about the, the influencer market, the digital advertising space, and just how all of this will transcend into a, a successful future for the space in the coming years in Cambodia. So thank you again for taking the